The Brewers going to the All-Star break 49 and 42. Could be better, could be worse. Game out of first place. We'll talk about that and their victory over the Reds. Also, it was the opening night of the Major League Baseball draft. Dan Zielinski joined us from BaseballProspectJournal.com. We'll talk to him about the three players the Brewers drafted on the opening night. All that ahead. Coming up next here on Locked on Brewers. You are Locked on Brewers. Your daily Milwaukee Brewers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, we've reached the all-star break. Reached the all-star break and the Brewers, you know, like I said, 49 and 42. Not bad. I mean, I, 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 they could be a lot worse. There's a lot of other underachieving teams out there, but I think the Brewers at this point are making a lot with very little. And when I say that, we've talked about that. You look at some of the numbers and the injuries and what the Brewers have been throwing out, and they've had the mix and match. And some of these lineups, I took I took a picture, a screenshot, and put it on my Twitter account on Saturday, the starting lineup, okay? And you compare that to, like, the New York Mets and San Diego Padres with their high payrolls, and you're saying, how are the Brewers better than both of those teams? All right. We'll talk about the first half coming up here in a little bit. We got a lot to talk about all week long. It is the All-Star break, and the Brewers will send two players to the All-Star game. We'll talk about that as well. And Dan Zielinski, Dan Zielinski, terrific baseball analyst, baseballprospectjournal.com. He's going to join us, an old friend, and we're going to talk to him about the three guys that the Brewers took on the opening night of the draft on Sunday and all that and more coming up next. My name is Chuck Freeman, uh, first year host of Lockdown Brewers here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. We are your team every day. You want to find us, go to Google, uh, go to Spotify, go to um, Apple, go to Amazon. We're on all the major platforms. Download the audio version Monday through Friday. We're here for 30 minutes. And then, of course, the video, YouTube, search Lockdown Brewers, hit the subscribe button. Hit that little bell there. It's going to alert you every time we drop an episode here on Locked On Brewers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We are your team every day. And this show is brought to you by Sleeper. Swing for the fences on Sleeper Picks. You can win up to 100 times your money. Download the Sleeper app and use the promo code Locked On MLB. You'll get a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper terms for use for details. Currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. Thank you all you everydayers out there for joining us here on Lockdown Brewers. Brewers won't play again until Friday when they take on the Reds. Unusual because they finish up the first half, three with the Reds, and then they go to Cincinnati for three more. Then they play three more against Cincinnati later on this month, and then they're done with them August and September. I mean, who figures the schedule out? But I don't think anybody thought the Brewers and Reds would be fighting for first place at this point in the St. Louis Cardinals, pretty much a distant memory, although you can never count them out. And Pittsburgh and the Cubs, who cares, okay? Um, neither one of those teams are going to be going anywhere. But who saw this happening? Who saw this happening with the Reds? And we saw their exciting rookie, Ella Dela Cruz, that we're going to have to put up for the next six years. This guy causing havoc on the base paths, uh, in the infield, uh, making great plays at, at third base, and, of course, at the bat. And just imagine, once he gets used to being a major leaguer, how good that guy is going to be. 
saw him steal home on you, know, you all did. You saw the video, even if you didn't see the game on Saturday, you saw him stealing home against Pagaro on on Saturday. Uh, something that should never ever happen. But credit to the heads up play of Dela Cruz. I mean, yeah. Surprised that doesn't happen more more often. But it took this young kid, this rookie, to come in here and do something. And now everybody's on alert. Don't turn your back on Dela Cruz. Watch when that guy's on base, watch what you're doing because he's finding every opportunity to do everything everything on you. So um, but yeah, he's gonna be our problem for the next six years under contract. Uh, and then you know, free agent. And but you know, for the Cincinnati Reds' sake, I hope he's a guy that they're able to keep because I I really hate it when I see even though the Reds are a competitor of ours, I really hate small market guys going to bigger markets because markets like the Reds and the Brewers and the Pirates can't afford those players. And after the six years, like Prince Fielder and so many along the way, they go off to bigger contracts because there's no salary cap and the salary structure in baseball is terrible. But here we are, 49 and 42. It's been a bizarre first half of the season. And throughout the week, we're going to talk about the good, some of the players and some of the bad. We're going to get into more details on that. But, um, you know, the Brewers got off that 15 and 6 start. They were cooking. And then the offense went into a malaise. And I put this on Twitter yesterday. They were up one nothing. And how many times, and I, I thought some guys came after me, but how many times this year have the Brewers sat on one nothing leads and possibly lost? I mean, they sat on a one nothing lead. And I say sit. I don't mean they're intentionally doing it, but they're not building on their lead either. Uh, got off to the one nothing lead on Jesse Winker's RBI single, and that's going to be something we're going to talk about as the week goes on here. And Wade Miley settled in after a couple of shaky starts. He was really good, six strong innings, and then Devin finished up in the bullpen. You know, those three guys coming out of the bullpen. Piamps, you could make an argument that Piamps should make the All-Star team. Corbin Burns is going to the All-Star game, but you could argue that Piamps should be in there as well. It's hard for a middle reliever to get there, but he's been so good. And he's a guy who's been a, who's been great from the very beginning, all the way up to that opening week against the Cubs. And I remember the first couple of shows we did, I was like, oh, Pines was in there in the eighth inning. Oh, boy. He's in there in extra innings. Oh, boy. But his stuff just drops off the table. And he is so good. And he's bounced around from teams, but he has found something here in Milwaukee. And I'm glad he's here. Uh, where would we be without him? Because Drzecki was supposed to be the eighth inning guy, and Piamps has been so good. So Corbett Burns was added to the All Star team. I think that was a little, that was a surprise. I don't know if that was on past merit or what he's done this year. And in, in his yeah, he's been good in his last few starts, and he's had some bumps in the road. But I didn't think that he'd make the All Star team. No, nobody from the offense was going to make it. But the first place or the second place Brewers now, Devin, as I to told you since April, he was going to make the All-Star team. He's that good. But I was surprised Burns, not exactly eye-popping numbers, but congratulations, he made it out for a third time. You know, he made it out for a third time. Would somebody who wasn't a former Cy Young or – a hot prospect or a hot prospect, a high free agent candidate out there in the offseason. Trade bait. 
would he have made the all-star game if he wasn't a name? Because people know who Corbett Burns is. This was some random pitcher putting up those numbers that Burns has put up. He wouldn't make the all-star team. But that's okay. But you know, because but getting our guys in the all-star games, because we cry all the time here in the state of Wisconsin that our players don't get recognition. Although we've won quite a few MVPs without championships. So having two guys in the all-star game, Devin for sure goes, yeah, Burns, not great numbers, but you know what? I'll take it because there's many times that we've been screwed over in the past for other guys who probably should have made all-star teams in our 54 year history. So I'm fine with it. I'm very fine with it, but didn't see the Brewers and Reds competing for the NL Central division title. This is going to be a two-team race right down to the end. Yelich was saying this after the game in the locker room yesterday. That's going to be probably a two-team race, okay? The good news is the Brewers have taken five of seven from the Reds so far. They have a winning record against them, okay? That is going to bode well in the long run. If that, that keeps up, you know, when we're coming down the divisional tiebreakers. Uh, tie so that's that's going to be good. Um the Reds got a potent lineup, and the Brewers were able to tame that lineup a couple of times. Friday night was a little scary, okay? Um, Saturday, they exploded on the Brewers. Friday night, I mean, it took Devin Williams to close out the game. Saturday, the Reds just pulled away after having a, Brewers having a 4-1 lead, and Colin Ray didn't have a very good start. And then on Sunday, uh, you got a great one out of Wade, Wade Miley, and you held that offense down again, so... Yeah, I just and 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 the two wins you had against the Reds, you held the Reds to four runs, and that speaks a lot on the Brewers' pitching and how good it is. Because the Brewers' pitching in this first half of the season, championship level, I have no problem saying that. Championship level pitching, the bullpen, starting pitching, and when they get Woodruff back, they're going to even be better. But they are winning with guys like Colin Ray in that rotation and Adrian Hauser. God, we love our Adrian Hauser, I think. But now there's there's Woodruff on uh, coming to this rotation, and that is like picking up a pitcher in the trade market. And I assume the Brewers are going to pick up a bat or two. I, I assume they are. And Adamas is starting to get rolling a little bit with a home run bat. We see what Christian Yelich is doing, okay? Lead-off double in, in Sunday's game. His numbers continue to trend up and up and up, okay? So they keep that going, and maybe they get another bat or two. They're going to – I mean, they're wasting a spot with Jesse Winker. He had the base hit yesterday, but in the DH row, that is a wasted spot right there. Brewers are getting nothing out of, out of the DH spot. That's a free spot in the order that their guy is hitting 200 in. A free spot in the order. And their production, one home run and a 200 batting average in the DH spot. Yet the Brewers are in first place or in second. I keep saying first place because they've been in first place for most of the season. They're in second place, knocking on first place. Door. And I know it's not the best, the worst division in baseball. Okay. Them in the American League Central. But still. They're in better position than the Mets. They're better positioned than the San Diego Padres. The Mets could be sellers soon. The Cardinals could be sellers. They got some pieces there. What might get our hands on? It would never trade them to us, though. All right. We come back. 
The Major League Baseball draft was last night. Brewer selected three players and two third basemen, one power hitting third baseman, one who hits for contact, and a high school pitcher. Three players they drafted. We're going to talk about all three of those guys with Dan Zielinski coming up next. Former intern Dan Zielinski, now with BaseballProspectJournal.com, a terrific, terrific website. I suggest you talk about it. He's going to talk about that when he comes on here in a little bit. But thanks a lot, everybody, coming on, uh, joining us here on Lockdown Brewers and the Lockdown Podcast Network, where you're downloading us on the audio version or finding us on YouTube. show is brought to you in part by Sleeper. Want a chance to win more money with less picks? Head to Sleeper. You could win up to 100 times your money with just on just two or more fantasy baseball picks. It's a terrific fantasy baseball game right now. You could win up to 100 times payouts, can place in-game contests, stat categories. They have a lot more than a competition. Home runs, triples, stolen bases, dynamic payouts are live. Built-in group chat where you can see and copy your group's picks with the tap of just one button. Entries can be made in 30 seconds or less. It's easy. Safe, safe and fast, uh, fast withdrawals. That's the key. Operational in over 30 states. But the payouts, the 100 times payouts, highest payouts in the DFS markets, and all the categories you can choose, as many as two to eight players, Pick more or less and your favorite baseball stats, home runs, strikeouts, hits more. Get your picks right, and you can win big with Sleeper. Go to Sleeper today. See what it's all about. It's a terrific, terrific site. All right, Chuck Freeman here on Lockdown Brewers, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. We are your team every day. We're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back. Uh, Dan Zielinski is going to join us, and we're going to talk about the MLB draft, the three picks the Brewers made on the opening night of the draft. There's three days of the draft, and Sunday night was the first one. That's next here on Lockdown Brewers. Welcome back to Lockdown Brewers. I'm your host, Chuck Freeman. In with us today is a draft guru. Not only is he a draft guru, but he's been a longtime friend. He's in the Chuck Freeman Intern (laughs) Hall of Fame, and that is some special category right there. Dan Zielinski joining us. He's from... The, the Baseball Prospect Journal, baseballprospectjournal.com. He's the founder, the editor, and he knows what he's talking about. Danny Z, it is great to talk to you again, my friend. Thanks, Chuck. It's great to talk <laughs> with you. I didn't ever expect us to be doing this, but excited to be doing this with you. Well, you've covered the teams in, in Milwaukee. You know the Milwaukee Brewers. You have a pride of Slinger. You've been a sports writer, and now your website. First of all, tell us about your website. Tell us about baseballprospectjournal.com. Tell us what it all entails and how people could find you. Sure. So I started the Baseball Prospect Journal in 2019. I've been covering the draft. I think this is year nine now, Mm -hmm. but I've been doing it for my website, baseballprospectjournal.com since 2019. Interview and write profiles on all the top draft guys. This year it was 85. A lot of the guys that were in the first round, one guy that the Brewers selected and just enjoy doing that. Go out, see some of these guys play, talk with scouts, talk with coaches, just get some insight from that regard too. So just trying to cover all the angles of the MLB right. draft. And, and what I want to get to you from this first night, the three guys the Brewers selected, the 18th overall pick in the in the first round, Brock Wilkin, third baseman from Wake Forest. Sounds like a guy who's got some big-time power. What does he bring to the table? 
So Brock Wilkin, third baseman from Wake Forest, big guy, 6'4", 225. He's someone I covered when I was out in Omaha for the College World Series, saw him Mm -hmm. play with Wake Forest. And first off, talking about the offensive profile, this typically isn't a demographic the Brewers have gone in the first round since 2008 when they took Brett Lowry the last time they took a third baseman in the first round. Typically, they prefer up-the-middle position players. And Brock Wilkin, above average to elite raw power, has improved his plate discipline, cut down on his strikeouts, improved his walks, improved his average this spring, also did a great job hitting breaking pitches this year. That was something he had struggled with in previous years. Defensively, he is kind of what he is at third base. He isn't anything special. He's got above average arm strength. Laterally, to me, he doesn't move well laterally from side to side. I know talking to some scouts, that was one concern they had too. But I think for the most part, people expect him to stick at third base. It's not going to be gold glove third base, but he can stick there. Worst case scenario, he moves to first base. But regardless, his calling card is going to be his power. And as long as he doesn't strike out a ton, he's going to be able to produce at the major league level down the line. Well, Lord knows the Brewers need some production at the corners. I mean, you look at the first base, what they're getting out of there. You know, Rowdy is stuck on 12 home runs. Third base, they haven't had power there for a while. And first base, they haven't been able to replace Prince Fielder since the days you were covering the Brewers. Yeah. So tell us, I mean, what? How, how long do you think it's going to take for this guy to move up? He had 31 home runs this past year for Wake Forest. He's the all-time ACC career home run leaders. He's hit over 70 home runs for his career. How long is it going to take him to move up? Because he's a big strikeout guy, too. So ideally, you want a college guy to be up in the major leagues within two to three years. Mm -hmm. And I can see Brock Wilkin getting up to the major league level in that point. It's going to all come down to his play discipline at the lower levels of the minor league system. If he's striking out a ton and hitting low 200s, he's going to have a hard time moving up as quick as the Brewers prefer. But again, Mm -hmm. like you said, the Brewers have a need at the major league level. They're probably headed towards a rebuild. So maybe they can be a little bit more patient with him, but regardless, someone who can get there probably within two to three years. Please don't, not another rebuild. (laughs) (laughs) But I hear what you're saying. I I mean, look at the batting averages up and down the Brewers order here, but you know, power too at AmFam field, that's a hitter's ballpark. So you know, if he, uh, the strikeouts are acceptable in today's baseball, but if it's a lot of power, that's a great thing. He's got a ton of that. Why do you think they went this route? I think part of it, and we'll see more in the next week or two, has to come with signing bonus dollars. Obviously, they're high on him. They wouldn't have taken him if they weren't high on him. But mm-hmm. a court, my rankings had him as a third-best third baseman in this draft. I liked Braden Taylor, the third baseman that went one pick after from TCU. I thought he was more of a complete player, had mm-hmm. more of a line drive approach. I liked Johandi Morales, too, a third baseman from Miami. But like I said, I think it's going to come down to signing bonus dollars. Based on the guy they took in the second round, the right-handed prep pitcher, I think they're probably going to get a bit of a savings. It was about $4 million is projected signing bonus dollars for the 18th overall pick. I don't see Brock Wilkin commanding that sort of dollars just because he was a guy projected to go at best in the back half to late first round. So I think they'll get a little bit of savings and use those dollars elsewhere. We're talking the major league draft. The first three players, the, the Brewers have taken for a Sunday night, uh, Dan Zielinski, a uh, longtime friend 
and terrific writer at BaseballProspectJournal.com joining us right now to the editor and founder. All right, let's go to that second pick, uh, the competitive balance pick, uh, at number 33, Josh Noth, I believe it is, or Noth, Noth, right-handed pitcher, high school pitcher, uh, throws the mid-90s. I saw comparisons to Lance McCullers. Danny, what do you got on him? Yeah, Josh Noth is a guy that was drawing some first-round interest. Anytime we're talking about a prep right-handed pitcher, it's always a very risky demographic, especially mm-hmm. when we're talking about a guy from the north, someone who's not facing great competition to begin with. Grant, he did compete on the showcase circuit. But again, risky demographic and a demographic the Brewers typically don't go early on in drafts. But Noth is a guy who's 6'1", 190 pounds, right-handed pitcher, tight three-quarters arm slot, athletic, quick delivery, quick arm action. His fastball curveball are really his best pitches. He doesn't really have a third pitch yet. That's something he's going to have to develop with that changeup. But when we look at the fastball, it's in at least probably average to above average pitch right now, mm-hmm. mid-90s, touching 98, and then his curveball is exceptional. It has RPM-wise, which the Brewers love, is over 3,000. Average curveball RPMs is about 2,500. So this guy gets a lot of movement on his curveball. It's a really nasty pitch and something that I think could thrive in the Brewers player development system. Mm-hmm. The Brewers have targeted pitchers early on in draft with unique characteristics and guys that kind of they can put in that pitching lab and really just take to another level. And I think Noth is a guy that they plan on doing that with. And if he reaches his full potential, he'll be a starter at the major league level. I saw some mock drafts out there, Dan, where he was like 90, 98th somewhere. Uh, Where did you have him? And do you think this might've been a reach? Yeah, I I was a little surprised they did take him this early, frankly. I know there were some teams high on him and some teams that, like I said, had some first round interest and grades on him. Mm -hmm. But I thought uh, Charlie Soto, the right-handed pitcher that went, went one pick after them was a better overall prospect, Mm -hmm. a little more well-rounded grand. Again, I don't know how much he fits the Brewers kind of style of player development, but yeah, this, this was an interesting pick. I think the Brewers had an interesting first three picks on day one to begin with is a nice way to put it. And we'll see. No one really expected the Brewers to kind of do what they did tonight. So we'll see what Matt Arnold and his team have to say when they sum this kind of draft up, but the Brewers had a plan and it's a unique plan from previous drafts that they've had. So we'll see how these guys develop down the line. Dan Noth is is committed to Ole Miss, but where he's selecting the draft, I think it's like two and a half million guaranteed. I don't think he's going to Ole Miss. (laughs) No, he's not. I mean, it's very rare that a top 10 round guy does not sign out of the draft Mm -hmm. and instead goes to college. Yeah. And usually these conversations, most of the time, these conversations are always had between the area scout and Mm. the player and the player's representatives. So I would be shocked if the Brewers don't sign him. I don't think they would have taken him if they knew they couldn't sign him. And what do you say, you think, the projection on how long uh, like a high school pitcher takes to to go through the system and and go through this, um, this pitcher's lab that the Brewers have? So on average, three to five years for a high school arm. Again, we haven't really the Brewers haven't really had a high school arm come up through their system in a long, long time, at least for a starting perspective, Devin Williams. But again, he was in the minor leagues for a while. So I think it's going to be a little bit of time here for Noth. And the Brewers, 
they got take they got to be a little slow with him because he doesn't have a lot of innings on his arm. He's a high school guy, so mm-hmm. no sense in rushing him, especially this year. And then kind of see what he does next year, and if he's able to have some success at those low levels, maybe move him up to single A and kind of get his feet wet there too. Dan, with the third pick of the night, uh, Mike Bovey, uh, third baseman, Nebraska Omaha. I don't ever remember somebody from Nebraska <laughs> Omaha being drafted this high out of this out of the Summit League. Uh, the little I know about him, Dan, you're going to tell us more. But it seems like a guy who's a contact hitter doesn't strike out a lot, hits for a high batting average and not a lot of power. Is that what it is? That's pretty much it, I guess. I don't know if you remember the name Bruce Benedict. He's the highest pick <laughs> in Omaha history. He was a fifth rounder in 1979. So, yeah, yeah. Omaha is not known Bruce, for the, I think. Yeah. Yeah, developing MLB talent. But Bovey was one of the best contact hitters in college baseball this year. Mm-hmm. Hit over 400, had 32 walks to only nine strikeouts. Doesn't hit for a lot of power. Only had 13 home runs in three years there. But a left-handed hitter who's got some good size at 6'2", 215. And his swing is built for hitting line drives. He, he's pretty much the complete opposite of Brock Wilkin. Brock Wilkin's a big power guy, probably a low average. And Bovey's high average, low power. Some scouts believe that maybe a few mechanical changes can unleash some more power. We'll see what happens there. The Brewers have sometimes not always had the most success with altering guys' swings. But either way, Bovey is going to be a guy that his calling card is that bat-to-ball skills, which are exceptional. And then defensively, he's kind of meh, average defensively. Uh, He can handle third base. He's got enough athleticism. His arm strength is all right to handle that position. But like I said, his calling card will be the offensive side. Yeah, you know, with not a lot of power, and you, you talked about how the Brewers don't have a lot of success redoing guys. Uh, and, and it seems like baseball, obviously, power is the way to go. You think that's an issue, though, with a guy who, um, college guy who does not hit with a lot of power, if he'll ever be able to do that? I do. I'm going to be curious to see how the Brewers handle Brock Wilkin and Bovey because you would think they'd be at similar points in the minor league system when they're coming up, or at least when they start. So are they going to split time at third base? Is one going to be a first baseman or is Bovey maybe going to go out to left field? He could handle first or left field. So we'll see. I do agree with you. I think there are some concerns about that power. And if he did hit for more power this year, he would have been a guy that was probably a first round picker in consideration to be a first round pick. All right, Dan, there's two more rounds left in Monday and Tuesday. What areas do you think that the Brewers will be attacking here? Is it just like uh, best available player, any position they might attack, or what, what do you see? Definitely best position available. That's kind of how it always is with the MLB draft. Mm-hmm. It's always also a numbers game. In the first 10 rounds, the Brewers have about $11 million. They can sign on signing bonus dollars. They can go over that a little bit based on the rules, but it's roughly about $11 million. I think you'll see them probably grab at least one or a few college arms they usually do. And again, I mentioned this earlier, but historically they've preferred up the middle college performers and we Mm -hmm. haven't seen them take one of those guys yet. So I'd have to assume they're going to take one or a few of those guys here on day two and then for sure day three. So a guy I want to ask you about former second round pick, Jacob Mizorowski, who seems to be rising in the brewer system right now, throws a hundred miles an hour, this I'm hoping we're going to see him at the uh, the major league level 
pretty soon. You know, although the Brewers, you know, pitching doesn't seem to be an issue right now for him. What can you tell us about how fast this guy is rising? And uh, you know, again, he's throwing a hundred. Yeah, he's flying through the minor league system quickly. I talked about Noth and just him having unique characteristics, which the Brewers value. That's the same thing with Mizorowski. Size-wise alone, I mean, he just is an imposing figure on the mound at 6'7 mm-hmm. and about 200 pounds. But fastball velocity is kind of his calling card. He's got an elite fastball and regularly throws it over 100 miles an hour. In the Futures game the other day, he threw 11 fastballs and was kind of around 100 to 102. And then he also mixes in a quality breaking pitch as well his slider is really good and that's also serves as his strikeout pitch but he's a guy that the brewers liked coming out of the junior college ranks and he was committed to lsu where he would have had a lot of success and could have maybe enhanced his value been a first round pick this year but the brewers stepped up paid him more signing bonus dollars last year as a second round pick than they did eric brown jr who was their first pick but miserowski like you mentioned, like I've kind of said, he's a big strikeout guy, has a lot of potential to be a really quality starter, front line of the rotation arm. Someone we probably could see in Milwaukee next year at the earliest, but definitely someone that's kind of flying through this farm system quickly. And I don't think the Brewers even expected him to move this quickly, but he's definitely has, and he's had a lot of success doing it. All right, Dan, how do people find you? Tell us about, about the website again, baseballprospectjournal.com. Your Twitter accounts, let's have it. Yeah, so you can find me at baseballprospectjournal.com. I'm going to be releasing stuff already on the 2024 draft here this week. Also, have my thoughts on the Brewers draft too. You can also find me on Twitter at Dan Zielinski3. That's number three. And then also the website on Twitter at the BP Journal. Does Dan Zielinski, too, ever help out? I know he likes to help out in tennis these days. <laughs> Does he? Is he willing to pitch in on the draft coverage? Uh, not usually. I mean, he <laughs> he does. Wisconsin's got some great high school talent, so he'll sometimes tag along with me to go see some of these guys play, but uh, that's about it. Very good. Danny, I'd like to catch up with you again, uh, maybe a little bit later on after this, is, this draft is done, this entire draft is done. Great information. Of course, I always respected all the work that you've done many, many years with me at WSSP. And uh, enjoy the rest of the draft, my friend. Thanks, Chuck. I appreciate it. We'll talk soon. All right. Good to talk to Dan Zielinski. Dan Zielinski, great coverage. We're going to talk to him after the entire draft is over uh, Tuesday after the game, after the All-Star game on Tuesday. We'll talk to him coming up here on Lockdown Brewers. Lockdown Brewers brought to you in part by BetterHelp. Getting to know yourself can be a lifelong process, especially because we're always growing and changing. Therapy is also about deepening your self-awareness and understanding because sometimes we don't know what we want or we react the way we do until we talk through things. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist can take you on that journey of self-discovery from wherever you are. So if you think of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. Entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out the brief questionnaire. If you get matched to a licensed therapist, switch therapists at any time with no additional charge. Discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash MLB. Get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash LockedOn. Chuck Freeman here on LockedOn Brewers. Again, this is All-Star Week. Uh, we're going to wrap up the the Red Series, the Brewers and Reds, 
Uh, we're going to talk to Jeff Carr again. We'll talk about the, the two-team race that these guys are going to have, the Brewers and Reds. We'll talk about that. We'll recap the All-Star game later in the week. We're going to go through position by position what the Brewers should and shouldn't do as we lead up to Friday's game with Cincinnati. So we got a lot of programming. Even though no games to be played, we still got a lot to talk about. I'm Chuck Freeman, Lockdown Brewers on the Lockdown Podcast Network. We are your team every day. Thank you very much for joining us. Let's enjoy the All-Star week, everybody.